The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hey everyone, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 26 of Garthology. And I have to say, I am so excited because we're all here together again. It's been so, so long. It's been a minute, yeah. Yeah, right? Our schedules have been crazy lately, so it's been super hard to find a time where we could all record at the same time. So we've made do with one or two of us, but here we are, all three of us, and I'm super happy about it because I've missed the three of us being together. Me too. Hey, I just want to give a little shout out to Pete's new guy at the shop that let him be off a little <laughs> bit early <laughs> because that's the big MVP who's letting us all three be here at the same time. Luis, you're the real MVP, buddy. Yes. Thank you, Luis. And <laughs> pretty, pretty difficult, but yeah, it's nice to see your guys' pretty faces back. So I know, right? Man, I missed it so much. So when we were doing the research and, you know, the research is research, whatever, a lot of fun. But then like I kept yesterday, I I messaged you guys and I was like, I'm so excited for the three of us to get back together again. It has been so long. It really has. Yes. And I miss this. I mean, that was part of the reason why we did this podcast to begin with was so we could all hang out regularly because otherwise like time was slipping away after Jess moved away. And so this was the perfect excuse for us to get together. But then that started slipping away. But we're back. We're excited. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be doing an album again. I love doing those deep dive looks into Garth's albums. And it's been a hot minute since we did an album episode. So we're going to pick up where we left off, the last studio album that we researched, besides any of the special release albums, was Garth's Fresh Horses, which means that today we will start looking at Garth's seventh studio album, appropriately named Sevens. Sevens was recorded at Jack's Tracks Recording Studio in Nashville and released on November 25th, 1997. It debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard Top 200 chart, which was Garth's fifth album to debut at the top of that chart. It also debuted at number one on the Top Country Albums chart. And fittingly, it was his seventh album to release at number one on the Country Album chart. So I love all the tie-ins of seven to this album. There's a lot of seven there. Yeah, there is. So let's go over to Jess and kick off this album discussion. What do you have for us, Jess? I have the first song off of this album, which is Long Neck Bottle. Long Neck Bottle was written by Steve Warner and Rick Carnes. 
And it was the first single off of Sevens, which was released on November 22nd, 1997. Steve Warner uh, did acoustic guitar on this and also sang some background vocals, which I think is fun for him as a you know contributing writer. And an interesting thing I felt about this as a single is that the B-side track was Rollin' from Fresh Horses off of the previous album. And I kind of forgot about B-side tracks because, and I, I, young people, I don't think even really probably know what those are because you don't really get singles in the same way. Right. But I remember my mom had 45s and they always had a song and then the, you know, the opposite side of the record that you would actually flip over, the B-side was a, maybe a lesser known song. Some of those became a single and, you know, did well on their own as well. But most of the time it was a lesser known song from the album. Or it like in this case, not even from the same album. And uh, when I came across that in research, I was like, man, I forgot that even existed. Yeah. And we did still have <laughs> singles when I was younger, you know, but it was a cassette tape. Like, I mean, cassette tape, CDs, I didn't really do records, but it would be like a single on a cassette and you could just flip it over and over and it would keep playing the same song, but it would often have a different song on it too, like a lesser known song. So I thought that was interesting. And I thought it was interesting that, um, that it wasn't from the same album. Like in my head, I just thought that the B track is a different song from the same album. That's maybe not going to be a single, but apparently not. Apparently hmm. it's from other albums sometimes too. Yeah. That seems really unusual. It I is. wonder if that's something that had ever been done before. That seems so odd. I don't know. Did you guys feel that way too? That usually it's from the same album? Yeah. Like, that I always was, assumed I it was. I thought that yeah. that's yeah. what the rule was. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that that's an interesting piece of trivia to figure out. But in this case, it definitely was not because it was from the previous album. Maybe a future Ask Garth. That's yeah, a good idea. You know, like why? Why that song? I'm yep. sure he has a reason because like he does a specific order on the albums. I'm sure that there's a specific reason why he does a certain song as the B-side of a different song. Long Neck Bottle went number one in the U.S. and Canada. Which, you know, good for him. The first single on the album going number one. Always an awesome thing, I'm sure. Um, I love the opening harmonies on this song. It starts out with that drawn out long neck bottle and it's all harmonized. And I think it just grabs your attention right from the beginning. Uh, and Garth has some really kind of gritty moments. Some licks in there that are signature Garth, but that are always fun to listen to. And it's just it's just an all around fun number. It the the message of the song says long neck bottle let go of my hand hey jukebox don't start playing that song again there's a girl at home who loves me and she won't understand long neck bottle let go of my hand and i think it's a a fun lighthearted way to address something that is a more serious topic because truly if you're having trouble letting go of the bottle getting away from the bar and it's affecting your relationship that's you know in the real world that's a more troublesome thing than than the song would make it out to be but um i think it's it's cool that it's addressed in a lighthearted way and in a fun catchy way i like this song it's probably not my favorite off the album but not in a way that i dislike it there's just so much that i love 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 off this album that it's probably not my top three but again only because there's so many that i do love on this album but how about you guys uh pete what do you think about this one yeah, I mean, you you really can't go wrong with Long Neck Bottle. Uh, you know, you kind of just touched on it a little bit as far as the story of the song goes and what the meaning behind it is. But the song is so much fun to listen yeah. to. It's like really upbeat and it, it's kind of, it, it's weird. It's weird to know the lyrics and the story behind it. 
and then listen to it. Like this one really gets your hips moving, you know, pretty quick. Like you said, they, you know, that long comes in and, mm-hmm. and then it's just like high intensity, like quick, you know, the instruments that, uh, in the song, they're, they're a lot of fun to listen to. Like I said, it's a song that could get anybody up on the dance floor. For sure, it's on my playlist. Uh, it is an absolute treat when it comes on, and I, I do enjoy listening to it. But like you just, these first three songs, it was weird. I listened to them, and I was like, man, they're all kind of good songs. And we'll get into the next two. But there are so many really good songs on on this album. And God, it's such a good song. But you're right. Like, where does it fit in if you were to just take yeah. these 10 songs? Where do you put them like in a list? Yes, if you had to rank them. Yes, it would be very, very difficult. Maybe we should do a bracket song of sevens. <laughs> For every album. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I do. I have a lot of fun with Long Neck Bottle. I enjoy when it comes on. It does get turned up. Um, and again, my the thing I just keep going back to is the story behind the lyrics and then how much fun the song is. It just doesn't seem like the two of them should go together, but they go together really, really well. Mm-hmm. And Garth's uh, voice in this song is just a lot of fun. So uh, that was my feelings. Deb, what about you? What do you think about Long Neck Bottle? So Jess mentioned that Steve Warner co-wrote this one, and while I was researching it, I found a couple of YouTube videos of Garth and Steve performing Long Neck Bottle together um, live at different shows. Like, they were at the Ryman. I'm not really sure what they were for, but they were great together. Like, they performed so well together, and because I'd never seen them before, I loved watching those videos. And one of the videos especially touched me. And that was because just before Steve performed a solo verse in it, they kind of did it as a duet. And just before Steve stepped up to the mic to perform that verse in the song, Garth introduced him and then stepped behind him and sort of faded into the background, (laughs) which I thought gave Steve a really great moment all on his own. And that just seemed really kind to me. Um, that Garth would give the songwriter, Steve, his own moment alone with the song that Garth recorded and made famous. And so that I just love that. I just thought that that was so special. You know, it'd be cool if you could send those uh, links over. I'd love to check them out. I didn't even think about going there and looking at them. So if you have them, that'd be cool to see. I will do that. I will put that up. And then when I release this episode, I'll put it up on our website and our uh, Facebook, our socials too. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because yeah, the, the video, it just touched my heart. So that just made me really happy to watch that because we all know how Garth feels about the songwriters and you really saw it in that moment. So that was really special. Yeah, I could really see that being a Garth thing to do, just kind of giving him his moment to shine and stepping back and and letting him stand in front of the crowd that Garth gets to enjoy. Yes, exactly. I loved that. As for the song itself, I really like this song a lot. I think Garth has a lot of songs that are earworms, which, you know, those are those songs that get stuck in your head forever and they never leave. And without a doubt, I think Long Neck is the absolute earwormiest of them all for me. (laughs) Like once I hear this song, that's it. I'm singing it on repeat in my head for the entire rest of the day. Even as I'm talking about it right now, I'm singing it in my head. We're going to have to hashtag that earwormiest. Earwormiest. Hashtag earwormiest. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I love the wordplay in the verse that starts dance floor Seems you're underneath my feet everywhere I turn. I ought to waltz right out of them swinging doors, but that's a step I just can't learn. I just, 
love all the dance references in that verse. It's a short verse. It happens quick, but it all just ties that whole verse up into a neat little bow. And for some reason, I've just always loved that about this song. So for me, clever wordplay and extremely fun music makes this a classic Garth song that I will always turn up when it comes on for sure. Yes, I think that Long Neck Bottle was a perfect song to set us back on our album reviews, and it was a perfect song to open sevens. As always, Garth made an awesome decision in how to order his songs, and I can't wait to see what number two is. So let's check out what Pete has for us. Yeah, I get uh, the second song off the album, How You Ever Gonna Know. How you ever gonna know? How You Ever Gonna Know is the second track on the Sevens record, like I stated, and it was written by Kent Blazy and Garth Brooks. The song was never released as a single, and from what I was able to see, the song never reached anywhere on the Billboard charts. I checked to try to do research on this song other than my feelings behind it, which we'll get to in a second. And there wasn't a lot. It wasn't in the anthology uh, first one. So I went down this rabbit hole trying to figure out like what about this song that I could pull up. And it kept leading me back to the lyrics. And then that goes to like how I feel about the song. It was a song that I knew word for word, but not a song that I listened to a lot. And I found myself wondering, how do you know a song so well with knowing that it wasn't a song that is favorited on a playlist? I don't even know that the song was on my playlist, to be honest with you, but it's a song that I knew and I wondered why. So I realized like, while I was listening to the lyrics and reading them, the song kind of really hits home because how are you ever going to know the outcome to something if you're not willing to put your neck out there, if you're not willing to step outside your comfort zone and try? And I thought that, um, I just thought that it was, the song is, there's a lot of clever in the song and the lyrics and the story that it tells from the way that I take it. There is a story that really tells a lot without a whole lot of different lyrics in it. I mean, there's a lot of repetitive lyrics in this song, but it does tell a lot with with that. And, you know, to me, it just, again, that comfort zone. And if you step outside, how are you really ever going to know how something in life is going to turn out if you're not really willing to step outside of that that comfort zone and take that step? Um, You don't know if that situation is going to be failure or success. So I love the song. I love the story. I love the way that Garth sings the song. The music fits the lyrics. The lyrics fit uh, fit Garth's voice. And it's just overall a really, really good song. I enjoy doing or listening to it again. Like I said, it's just one of those that catch. It's another one of those earwormiest ones. Because <laughs> you know it. It's there. Definitely. God, this album is so hard. I don't know that I put this song top five on the album, but it's one that I enjoy listening to. That's how many good songs are on seven. So that's my mm-hmm. thoughts behind the song. What about you, Aunt Deb? So sort of like, like you mentioned, Pete, it is repetitive. Um, like Long Neck Bottle, How You Ever Gonna Know also gets stuck in my head. 
but honestly, I just don't enjoy it as much as I do long neck bottle. And the reason it gets stuck in my head is that repetitive verse of how you ever going to know. I actually looked into it. Do you know that he sings the phrase, how you ever going to know, 24 times during this song? Oh, Lord. 24. That's a lot. Dang. And so I love the message in the lyrics of this song. But unfortunately for me, that message gets lost in those repetitive lyrics. So for as an example, here are some lyrics, one of the verses. How you ever going to know how it feels to fly? How you ever going to know if you never dare to try? Listen not to the critics who put their own dreams on the shelf. If you want to get to the truth to admit it, you got to find out for yourself how you ever going to know. And honestly, until I looked up those lyrics, unlike Pete, I don't know this song word for word because I my head has always just been wrapped around how you ever going to know, how you ever going to know. And so it was interesting to me to go and pull these lyrics because now I love the sentiment of the song because I love how are you ever going to fly if you never dare to try? But I feel like those strong words just get lost in my brain and I just end up repeating how you ever going to know over and over. So I think personally, it would be a more powerful song if Garth and Kent hadn't used such an unusual writing technique. I guess if they had just written a regular verses with how you ever going to know in the chorus. And I don't know, maybe that's just a boring way of writing and they wanted to do something outside the box, which I get that. But I think in a lot of ways, the powerful lyrics in this song deserve to stand out more. So for me, this is a catchy song, but not for the right reasons, if that makes sense. So what do you think, Jess? I agree. There is a lot of repetitiveness in the song. So I think I... um... I tried to put, try to focus on what was different about it and what I did enjoy about it. Um, again, it's probably not my top three or top five on the album, but there it's not because I don't like it. It's just, there's a lot of songs I, on there that I like better. Um, I love the opening of this song and musically it reminds me of the, just the, just the music and in the very beginning reminds me of the opener on back when the old stuff was new that, um, oh, I said a little prayer tonight before we came on stage, that music break when it starts, I was like, kind of like, you know, shook for a minute because I I love that song. And that's what it made me think of. And I think the message is similar to that of standing outside the fire that, you know, you have to take chances, you have to risk your heart, risk losing and failing in life in order to achieve anything worthwhile. And I like, um, I like that. I like the message. But I think it is musically it's catchy, but it does just get repetitive after a while. So I think it doesn't. There's so many great Garth songs that are just brilliant lyrically. And I think this kind of maybe falls short a little bit on that because it it does just have a lot of repeating. So it's I think the expectation is so high <laughs> that, you know, you, you have to be amazing to to be um, top five or top three, you know, on an album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the part, and you actually said this part of the lyrics, but I love more the music, but where it says, listen not to the critics who put their own dreams on a shelf. 
because that is the one part that's different. That break in the song changes musically and it emphasizes listen, not. Mm. And I like that. I always love those dramatic moments or the moments where the music changes in a song because it, it pulls your attention to it. So that's probably my favorite moment musically in the song. And, uh, and that's that's really all I have to say about it. That wasn't anything that you guys had to say because, I mean, we, we pretty much covered the, the other 24 times that it says the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but but again, I mean, when it comes on, I don't skip it. Yeah, I sing with it. I with know me. every word. Same so, thing with me. You know, that says something for the song. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's either so easy to, to remember because there's not a whole heck of a lot of different lyrics or maybe there's something in the instrument part of it or the message, you know, but maybe. it was a song that I knew, so... All right, well, that does it for How Are You Ever Gonna Know. Deb, what do you have up next for us? So I have the third song on Garth's Sevens album, and it is She's Gonna Make It. Seven years of marriage, he won't doubt. After seven months of freedom, it's clear that there's no doubt. She's gonna make it, and he She's going to make it was written by that amazing trio that we've talked much about, Garth Brooks, Kent Blasey, and Kim Williams. It was released as the second single from Sevens on January 15, 1998, and peaked at number two on the U.S. Hot Country Singles Chart. This is another great story song. Garth, Kent, and Kim just write the best stories, and this one is no exception. The narrator in this song seems shocked that his ex is moving on without him. He's the one that wanted out but she's doing better than him. That is such a twist on a traditional heartbreak song. And that is one of the reasons why I really enjoy it. Plus, we have pretty solid proof that he's not doing well. I mean, think about this. The very first line, he followed her to work this morning, which implies that he didn't go to work this nah, morning. He ain't got nothing which, to do. <laughs> yeah, I thought that right. was funny. So you can tell he's really struggling. You can feel the regret and the remorse that the narrator has in the song. And the twist in She's Gonna Make It, that she would take him back if he only asked, is the cherry on top of this well-crafted song. Genius and heartbreaking at the same time. I've always felt that this song is underrated. I think this story is so well-written. Lyrically, it's great. The music is gentle and sad. And I think it's just one of Garth's best, in my opinion. So what do you think about this one, Jess? Do you think it's as good as I do? I love this song. This one is definitely in my top five, probably in my top three. Um, And one of the reasons why I love Seven so much. Musically, it just, as soon as the music starts, it makes me think of like, rainy days and contemplation, just like sitting on a porch swing with a blanket or something, just melancholy watching the rain. I don't know. There's a feeling as soon as the music starts, even before the the lyrics are there. 
I love the harmonies with Susan Ashton. I'm partial, obviously, to the harmonies when Trisha's singing with him, but they have beautiful harmonies on this song. Um, the line that says he's sinking at sea and her sails are filled is probably my favorite in the song. And we talked about it during the Garth games. Um, I don't remember what song this one was up against, but I believe that's the line that I was like, how can this song be out? It, like, it has to move forward. Um, and just for brilliant lyrics like that. I think it's ironic in the song, and you touched on this, that it's it, it was him that walked out, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like he's fallen apart now, but it was him that wanted this in the beginning, and now she's the one that's thriving. Also, you mentioned the songwriters, and I had it in my notes. When Garth and Ken Blasey and Kim Williams pin a song, look out. Right? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a standout on the album. Like, you don't put these three together and not come out with something amazing. This is one of my favorites from Sevens. And and like I said, it's part of why it's it's my all-time favorite Garth album. It really is. And there's so many albums that I love and different reasons why I love them. But for whatever reason, Sevens has always had a special place in my heart. And I don't know if it's just the time in my life that that it came out. And that's around the time that I that my love for Garth was like solidified. And so I think just there's a few songs on this album that I played and played and played. And this is one of those songs. So I love getting to talk about it today. Um, how about you, P? How do you feel about this song? Yeah, my thoughts on She's Gonna Make It Are Simple. This is a song that does not come up on my playlist a lot. And realizing it now, like it's one that I had to like favorite because it is such a good song. You always want to replay it over and over again. And I noticed while doing this research, Like that has to do with a lot of these songs on seven. It's crazy (laughs) how many, like how good this album really is when you, when you start doing these types of research, Um, we covered this story uh, or the song, obviously in in the Garth games, I I was trying to find my bracket and like what it was up against. It's hard. Like after researching it to believe that this song didn't, didn't move on. Like it didn't go further. Unless of course it was up against a dance and it makes perfect sense, but that's my opinion. (laughs) And, and Deb, you brought it up. Like, I love the lyrics that say that she would take him back, but the fool in him will never ask. Like that is so good. Like so, so good. Mm-hmm. And and this guy, like he thought like he was done. That was it. Make this decision. Bada bing, bada boom. Now it's like, it just shows that, you know, maybe in a, in the wrong frame of mind, the decisions that you make in life aren't always the best. It could affect you long-term worse than, you know, the person that that decision is made with and or against. So again, just a wonderful song. I really, really, Really love this song. Could you imagine the way that this song could have went had that man asked for her to come back? Like mm. it, it, it changes the entire back half of the song or the out, you know, whatever. It's it's so good. Like it's such a great song. But um, anyways, that's my thought. Love the song, and uh, this is gonna be a fun album. I can't wait to get to the rest of it because um, like this. Listen to this song. This could be top top three or four. I think from Sevens. It's a good one. Yeah, it definitely is for me. Definitely top three for sure. And that's the thing about this is his pride got the better of him. That's a great way to put it. Yep. Pride will get you every time. Great way to put Mm -hmm. it. All right, everyone. That's it for this episode where we've covered the first three songs on Garth's seventh studio album, Sevens. Now let's go over to Pete for a shout out to one of our newest Garthologists. Shout outs. Yep. This episode shout out goes to Gene Steele Staten. 
Thank you for your kind words through the messages we have exchanged. We cannot wait to hear all about the Ozark show. And maybe, just maybe we could have you as a special guest on another episode. You could tell us all about it. But we appreciate the support, Gene. Thank you. Thank you, Gene. Thanks, Gene, so much. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by today and check out our past episodes and bonus content. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Be sure and share us with everyone you know. That way you can help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. Speaking of friends in low places, you can find us on our socials. On Facebook, we are at www.facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And if you're on Instagram and Twitter, we are at Garthology there. We do appreciate the interactions, the likes, the tweets, the retweets, the shares, and of course, any messages that you guys want to send us, any questions you have, and or show ideas, you can get a hold of us there as well. So we do appreciate the support on our socials. Next up on Garthology, we'll be doing part two of our sevens recap. That will be season three, episode 27. It will air on October 17th. Be sure to join us if you can. And until then, this has been season three, episode 26 of Garthology. And I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, Bye. everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it has been you so long. Been nice. You guys <laughs> got to be nice. Bye, everybody. Don't get so Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> when this song was going up against whatever it was going up against and i was like but how can this song not move on that was the the line that stayed with me oh sorry my child's freaking out in the background (laughs) Um, you may need to do that one over because i'm not going to be able to remove that um this is one of my that dog is pissed. <laughs> Speaking of friends in low places, <laughs> didn't even hear that. Freaking work is texting me. You were in the zone. <laughs> Son of a. We are on Facebook at www.facebook backslash facebookme.com. I'm pretty sure that's not that's the not how it goes, no, address. No, no. Uh-uh. That will not take you to the Garthology Facebook Our apologies. Page. Don't go to yeah. that abort, one. Abort, <laughs> delete, backslash, F5. <laughs> you are going to have to explain yeah. some of your internet yeah. browsing <laughs> to your significant other. Son of a gun. <laughs>